Hello, I'm Stephen Groom. Welcome to Let God Speak. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, Paul gives us an up-close and personal view of the grandest, most sweeping rescue mission of all time. God's efforts to redeem humanity, there's nothing quite as exciting as a good rescue story. So please join us for this important lesson from God's Word. On our panel today, we have Gail Fong and Hannah Nakagawa. Welcome, ladies. Before we begin our our study, let us um, pray to God and ask his blessings. Please bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to understand your rescue plan more clearly that we'll be covering in this, this lesson today. We ask all these things in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. Amen. In this third lesson on Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10, Paul is contrasting two conditions of mankind. Um, What are they, Gail? Well, Paul first starts writing about a Christian's past sinful life, how they're dead to Christ because of their spiritual and moral condition, which leads ultimately to death. And then he contrasts this with a person after having received uh, the blessings of God's salvation and uh, the wonderful things that God does for, for those who do respond to God's call. And that's from verses 4 to 10. So um, here when they know God, they exhibit a life of faith working through love. Thank you for that. So let's begin uh, in depth, verse by verse, um, Hannah, and we'll start in the Christian's previous experience before salvation or conversion Mm. in Ephesians chapter two and verse one. Can you read this verse and explain it for us, please, Hannah? Sure. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespass and sins. Well, the first part, it says he made alive, but this was supplied um, in a translation. And But the focus of this verse is who were dead in trespass and sinned. It really talks about the natural state of human and it is um, spiritual death as well. Well, sin actually separates us from God. God is the source of life. That means when we sin, when we are natural state of um, yeah, sinning or sinner, then we actually separate us from God and we are in a spiritual death. And um, that means there's no, um, the light, no life. It's the um, yeah, death, <laughs> state of death and no eternal life. Thank you. Mm. Um, so in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2 that I'll get you to read, Gail, What is Paul's second point in regard to a person's previous life before conversion as he continues this theme? Just reading verse 2 there in in, uh, Ephesians 2, it says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So 
um, in which you once walked. And if you were in the King James, it would say in times past. So it's meaning prior to uh, prior to their conversion, prior to their uh, having a relationship with God and knowing God. And this is how they used to walk and conduct their life. And so Paul is reminding his hearers here of their past life, the way they used to live, the way they used to walk. And they were living according to the um, the course of the world, or they were living like the world. And uh, according to the prince of the power of the air, well, this is Satan. So they're being obedient with perhaps them not even knowing to, to, to Satan and his evil hosts of angels. And these are working in the unseen realm. So, but he's working through the children of disobedience. And this is, this is in contrary to how one is when you're with Christ. And in Timothy, Timothy writes in Second uh, Timothy 2.26, he contrasts this and he says, then he says, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So without them knowing, they have they may think they're in control, but actually there is another entity in control mm. of the mind. And so, um, as I saying, this all happens in the unseen realm. So it is such a wonderful thing to know God and to accept him and to follow Jesus, to be a Christian, because only God can protect us from Satan and his mm. power and his deceptions. Yes. Because he's only out for our destruction. Mm. And that's important to know, is it? It's, if we didn't have the Bible as our guide, we would be unaware of this unseen world and how Satan is able to take control of us mm. at his will, which is basically denied by unbelievers. I mean, how quick would they be to accept Christ if they knew um, that this was happening? So let us now go to verse three, which I will read. It says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. This is speaking about the unconverted, of course, mm. fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by, by nature the children of wrath. So Paul is stating that before accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, we delighted in speaking about and doing those things, the lusts and desires of the flesh, which are in harmony with our fallen nature. Then because of this, we were by nature the children of wrath. It has two meanings. Mm. Can you give us the first meaning, um, Hannah? Sure. Please? The first meaning here is that we stand under the threat of God's judgment and we join um, in with the punishment or, of um, all the, the rebels or wicked um, and at the end of time. So there is the, uh, this threat of God's judgment. Yes, mm. and that's what we naturally deserve as yes. by being transgressors, mm. which we inherited from Adam and Eve in the beginning, didn't we? Yeah. The fallen nature of mankind. Mm. So what is the second meaning of this phrase by being nature, the children of wrath, Gail? Mm. 
So this phrase, by nature, children of wrath, it points to the fact that since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, that all humanity, we're all their children, uh, we have inherited this sinful nature, mm. uh, which naturally delights in sinning. It's, we're just naturally bent that way. Um, sin is actually in every fibre of our being. And therefore, the whole human race is actually separated from God and only God can give us eternal life yes. and life eternal and life in, in great um, uh, joyful abundance in knowing him. So because we're in this condition, humanity generally, we are bent in rebellion toward God. And so therefore, uh, by nature, children of wrath and this God, and we are open to God's wrath, but God's wrath is different to human wrath and anger because God's wrath is a divine displeasure against sin. Mm. Sin cannot stand, sinners cannot stand in his presence and he loves the sinner but hates the sin. Mm. And so uh, it's, it's a natural cause if we have separate, if we are separate, separated from God, that He's the source of all life and all power, we are just bent for destruction. Amen. So this is painting a terrible picture of our condition and its inevitable doom that follows. But what does God do about this um, condition, as stated in verse four, Hannah? Sure. Uh, verse four it says. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, loved us. Well, in the first previous verses, it talks about the condition of man and it's devastated. We are spiritual death and um, there's no hope almost. But uh, it starts with the word, but. <laughs> I like that. It's a contrast. There's some hope here. Well, um, well it says that... Um, yeah, mankind deserve, you know, eternal death because we are sinners, all sinners and sinful condition. But it says that who is rich in mercy, he's not just merciful, but he's also rich in mercy as well here. And abundant it, mercy. Abundant mercy, that's yeah. right. And it continues uh, that because of his great love with which he loved us, love is uh, twice repeated here. How do we know that God loves us? Well, if we read Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that love there is agape love. It's That's the right. highest form of love in highest the Greek. Form. Yes. 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 It's um, not just like a friendship love or, you know, it's a human love. It's the highest love that God, while we were still sinners, God gave his life to us. Amen. Yes. And as Christians now, we also are to extend, like God does, undeserved favor towards uh, unbelievers. Is that right? We are to have patience towards yes. them as well as God is having now. Mm. Let's continue with verse five. It says that even when we were dead in sins, God has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Can you expand on this um, for us, please, Gail? Well, uh, it, in there in verse five, it, it focuses on the we and the us. And uh, 
those who eventually respond to God's love and through the desire to be converted or to have that living personal relationship with God because um, he's wooing us by his love. And it says that God quickens us, which refers to a change um, from death to life, uh, a rebirth, a new life that we have in him. And this life change it's all about what's happening in our mind. So this is a supernatural element, is it not? It's absolutely supernatural, yes. And this new relationship that we can only have through Christ is it's, it's through the power of God working in our hearts and minds. And there's new principles that, that come to the forefront. There's a, there's a new mind focus here. And as Christ was quickened from the grave or as he rose from the, was raised from the grave, so converts are crucified with him. In other words, we, we die with him to sin or die to self. We're willing to surrender all that we are to God. And um, so therefore, uh, we put to death the fleshy lusts, the things that we once once came to the forefront are no longer so important because God is more important and God has quickened us from spiritual death to spiritual life. So we're given a godly mind, but we still are in human flesh. <laughs> so uh, we can choose. We can choose to, to follow God or we can choose to do uh, follow uh, evil. So when we are converted, though, we come into this beautiful new vital relationship with God and we are governed by these new principles. So we've made a choice and we've made a choice to receive Christ as our personal saviour. Thank you for that. So continuing with that theme, let's go to verse six. Something else God has done with us. And it says that he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So is this speaking about at the second coming when Jesus in the future, when he will take us to heaven and help us sit in the heavens? Or is it something to do with what we're doing now, Hannah? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, we wouldn't literally sit at the um, heavenly places yet, but this verse refers to what happens at the conversion as the well. Conversion. Yeah, well, um, we are still on this earth yet, but let me explain. Um, salvation is the battle of mind. And so to raise up uh, together with Christ in a heavenly, um, heavenly is, <laughs> um, is a, it's uh, not literal, but uh, fig uh, figurative. Fi yeah, figurative. So um, Paul is saying that um, while we were still on earth, but our mind, um, actually, First Corinthians chapter two, verse sixteen, um, it says that our mind would uh, be the uh, sorry, the um, mind of Christ. Mm. So um, our mind would stay with him. Our mind would be the mind of Christ. Um, let me read Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. It says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. So it's talking about our mind. Wow. So we can actually, this verse is telling us we can have the mind of Christ. Yes. That's amazing. Mm. But we also have a choice. Yes. So he's also asking us to seek those things which are above. Yes. 
Um, so we have a choice here with our minds. Is that right, Gail? Yes, we certainly do. And it's, it's one, it is the one variable that we have in this life. Mm. Uh, we can have <clears throat> a carnal mind or a <clears throat> natural mind, uh, which will be um, in harmony with our fallen nature, with our fallen flesh. Or, uh, but in those conditions, we will be at enmity with God. Mm. So um, we've got this battle and Romans 8, 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, we, we come together like this, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. In our own strength, we would not want to, um, it's impossible for us to be in harmony with God. So, uh, but this will bring death in the end if we continue in that path. If we naturally don't do anything about our, our condition, our fallen condition, we'll have death Yes, in the end. Uh, because the wages of sin is death. Yeah. So we truly need a saviour. And, and so um, we can take this choice. Um, we can choose to go that way or we can choose to go with God and have that godly mind. Um, and it's a choice that we make every day. Whom will I choose as mm. my Lord and Saviour? Uh, and God will give us the gift of repentance. Actually, he draws us with his love. Mm. It says in Romans 12 and verse 2, don't copy the behaviour uh, and customs of this world, but let God uh, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Amen. And God gives us so much hope and so much positiveness because his way, as has been brought out, is a way of love. It is a way of hope. It's a way to much happiness and joy in this life and a life to come. But this second state is, is more difficult because every day we've got this battle going on. Mm. Um, but the Bible encourages us to take up this battle daily, this fleshy nature uh, uh, and the devil and to put our um, allegiance to God mm. because it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we will gain victory day by day. Yes. And in some ways, the gospel message is um, the way that we want to interrupt sinners in their mm. ultimate doom. Mm. And we want to give them the opportunity of eternal life. Like we are... Um, Something to experience personally. Yes. Thank you. Mm. So sitting with Christ in the heavenlies, um, equates to thinking on heavenly things or having a godly mind. There is a similar theme in the book of Revelation, isn't it? Yes. Uh, uh, with, that deals with those who dwell upon earth and the, those who dwell in heaven, isn't there, Hannah? Yes, that's right. John speaks about those who dwell upon the earth and those people. So it's an idiom for those people who focus on the mind of the earthly things um, in English, we say worldly things as well. Uh, but on the other hand, God's people are pictured as those who dwell in heaven in Revelation 13, 6 and 7. Or Paul puts in Ephesians 2, 6, sit in heavenly places. Yeah. Mm. So those people who, like Christ, uh, focus their mind on things above the heavenly things and where the God um, is God is and um, yeah it's a spiritual thing so um, the, those people who are on earth uh, it's a natural state with focus on worldly thing or um, yeah worldly things but uh, with they are God's people who focus on things above spiritual things yes and there is one warning the Bible tells us if we choose to have a 
heavenly mind, what can we expect from the enemy? Will he just sit back and, and let us follow Jesus without any interruption? We're in this great controversy here on planet Earth. And yes, Satan will use his representatives on Earth in many cases to attack God's people, even to the point of death. Uh, and that's in, in some cases, and that's you can see that down through history uh, and even today, sadly. But Jesus encourages us with this promise in Revelation 2.10 in the seven letters to the seven churches there. Uh, and this was particularly to the Church of Smyrna, which was a, a, a time period that was under severest persecution. And these words, he says, to be faithful unto death, that I, which is Jesus, um, will give a crown of life to those who remain faithful. Yes. So uh, we may not die for our faith. We may never be put to that test. But Jesus encourages us to be faithful faithful to him unto death, no matter how long uh, that will be. And when he comes back to earth again, he will raise us from the dead to life eternal. Uh, and he will take the faithful home to heaven. So to live with him forever. Jesus has the keys to death. He is the resurrection and the life. And because he has burst through the portals of the tomb, we have that assurance too, that we will also by God's grace, He's a faithful God and he wants us to be faithful. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Let us move to verse seven. I'll read that. Uh, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. That's God's grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. What is that saying here, um, Hannah? Yes. So Paul is saying here that in the endless age um, of eternity, the riches of, of God's grace will be demonstrated through um, yeah, God's people he has redeemed from um, planet Earth. Ellen White actually states um, this, that both the redeemed and the unfallen being will find in the cross of Christ their science and their song. It will be seen that the glory shining in the face of Jesus is the glory of self-sacrificing love. Mm, thank you for that. Moving on to verse eight, a very much quoted text. It says, for by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Um, can you explain this text, please, Gail? Well, it is grace on God's part mm. and faith on man's part. So faith accepts the gift of God or takes, we just take God at his word. And it is through the act of entrusting ourselves to him that we are saved. Not that faith is the means of our salvation, but simply the channel. And a good definition can be found in Romans 3 and verse 24, which states that we are justified freely by his, that's God's grace, through redemption in Jesus Christ, or we are made right in his sight Amen. through Jesus. Yes, thank you for that. Now I'd like to read verse nine and we'll deal with most of it here. It says um, that we are saved not of works, lest any man should boast. What does the first part mean, not of works, Hannah? Yes, so it is not of works. <laughs> well, it, we, earn, we don't earn it, it's a gift. Um, and it is, um, yeah, um, yeah, we were given this gift. 
Um, but also that, um, you know, God has died for everyone. That is God's grace. It is for everyone. But we also have to accept it. We have a choice. But is that all we have to do? We have no no part in, in this. We just let God do everything. Well, it continues with our verse 10. It says that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That means not only we um, well we receive by faith the gift of God, but then when we receive the unmerited love from God, we cannot just do nothing. We just want to do something. We want to work some uh, work for God as well. So we are created. Um, it says that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So yeah, we are made for good work as well. But those good works don't save us. That's the point no. I think Paul is making here. Yeah. And so um, should we boast about this, um, Gail? Should we boast about what God has done for us or what we have done? Well, it's never about us. No, no one will ever be able to boast about mm. themselves. And uh, we can never say, I have earned salvation because the one purpose of salvation is to show in all ages for all eternity the riches of God's grace. And as Paul says, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's always about Jesus. And it's because he was uplifted on Calvary's cross is our salvation assured. Okay. And, and verse 10 says, as Hannah read before, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What, what's that saying? Yes. Do you have any more to add? Yeah. Well, even um, we cannot really, um, um, we ourselves bring forth a good works in ourselves until we, um, God change us spiritually, God change our heart and our mind and affection and purpose, then we can actually do a good work. And the second part says that God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Gail, can you comment on this? It means that before the world was created, it was planned that those saved by grace should have good works as a witness to the very fact or in that we serve Christ in every single thing that we do. We're living for Jesus. Amen. And so this walking in good works, um, is this an occasional practice or is this some, a habitual practice that we should be doing? Yes. Anna? So w walking in good works should be a habitual practice, not as something demanded or duty, uh, but as a natural expression of our new life. We want to, we can't hide this uh, beautiful truth. We can't hide the light. We just want to share to people. Amen. That would it, be it, the, It's a yeah. wonderful, isn't it? Mm. When you consider what this text that we've been looking at today how we were dead in trespasses and sins. And we look at all that Jesus has done for us. He died for us. He has raised us up together. Mm. In other words, he's giving us an experience like he had. I think when he walked on earth, you know, we can walk and talk with Jesus. We thank you for your um, help with us today. And that's all we have time for. We have seen in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, the natural person living in sin called the flesh is contrasted with a converted person who forsakes the carnal mind to focus upon spiritual things. As Paul puts it, to sit with Christ in heavenly places. 
This is by God's grace that we make this marvellous change. Have you chosen to have this change of mind? If you haven't, seek the Lord with all your heart in prayer to him, for God delights to save and help people from their sins through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. You can view all past programs on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Teachers' helps are there also. You can contact us on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.